Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are finishing up the series we've been working our way through throughout this new year, and we've been talking about how we can follow the way of Jesus in every area of our lives. So over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how we can follow Jesus when it comes to our health and how we can follow Jesus when it comes to our finances. And today we're talking about an area of our lives that makes up about 20% of our lives. We spend five hours a day every single day in this one area of our lives. And that's our free time. So today we're going to be talking about how we can follow God with our free time. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So to start the new year at Melbourne Heights, we have been talking about how we can follow Jesus all year long. But we're not doing this the way that we typically do in church. Typically, when we talk about how we can follow Jesus at church, well, we talk about following Jesus in the churchy areas of our lives. So that means that we'll talk about following Jesus when it comes to our worship services or our small groups or when it comes to reading your Bible or saying your prayers. But what we've been trying to remind you of throughout this sermon series is that Jesus, Jesus isn't just the Lord over the churchy stuff in your life. Jesus is Lord over every area of our lives. Jesus is Lord over every area of our lives. So we've spent the last few weeks talking about how we can follow Jesus in the different areas of our lives. So last week we talked about how we can follow Jesus with our finances. And we saw that God wants us to have a plan for our money so that we're able to provide for ourselves and for our families. And two weeks ago, we talked about how we can follow Jesus when it comes to our health. And we saw that God wants us to be as healthy as we can possibly be so that we can worship God and so that we can serve other people. Well, today we are wrapping up this sermon series, but there is still one more area of our lives that we need to talk about. And it's a pretty big area of our lives. Just how big is this area? Well, according to a study that was conducted by the RAND Corporation, which is just a government think tank, This area of our lives makes up about 20% of our lives. That means that on average, we spend five hours a day every single day in this one area of our lives. So what area is it? Well, it's our free time. That's right, in spite of how busy you may feel, the average American has about five hours of free time every single day. So let's talk about how we can follow Jesus when it comes to our free time. And I have some specific guidelines that you can use to help you think about everything that you do with your free time. But before we get to that, we need to take a few minutes to talk about something else. And we need to talk about this because I'm afraid that you may have some ideas about what it means to follow God in your free time that just aren't accurate. And these ideas... They stem from the ideal that we all have about what it means to be a Christian. That's right. We all have this ideal image of a Christian somewhere in our minds. I mean, I know that I do. And I can actually remember participating in a Bible study when I was a college student where we were asked to draw a picture of our idea of the perfect Christian. And I still remember it. 
I still remember sitting down with several of my friends in that Bible study to start brainstorming and to start talking about what our ideals were. And then we started drawing. And in our picture, we decided that our perfect Christian, that they needed to be wearing an Oral Roberts University t-shirt, and that they were wearing a baseball cap on their head with a Jesus Fish logo on it, and that they would have a cross pendant that was hanging around their necks. We also wanted our ideal Christian to have a well-worn Bible in their hand that was falling apart at the seams. And we also figured that the knees of their blue jeans needed to be worn out because they were spending so much time on their knees in prayer. And we also figured that the soles of their shoes needed to be worn through since this person would have been going everywhere they possibly could throughout all the nations spreading the good news of Jesus. We also wanted our perfect Christian to be wearing headphones that were blasting out amazing grace with a mighty fortress as our God next up in the queue on his MP3 player. Remember, I was a college student back in the early 2000s, and when I was in college, I was there before we had things like smartphones and AirPods. And we thought that the ringtone on our ideal Christian's phone needed to be the Hallelujah Chorus. We also wanted to make sure that our ideal Christian's eyes were fixed on the heavens, but that the wall behind him would be covered in awards and certificates for all of the good works that he was doing right here on earth, like having a certificate for serving as a volunteer firefighter and making regular donations of blood to the Red Cross and helping little old ladies cross the street. And it was about that time that our Bible study leader asked us to wrap up what we were doing. But I have a feeling that my group could have gone on for hours. Next, we were asked to stand up and to explain our illustrations, highlighting all of the details that we included in our pictures. And after everybody had a big old laugh about how bad our artwork was and how ridiculous our ideals were, the Bible study leader got to the point. She asked us, how do you measure up to your perfect Christian? If your perfect Christian has worn out the knees on their blue jeans from all of the time that they spend in prayer, then how's your prayer life? And if their Bible is about to fall apart from all of the time that they spent studying it, then what does your Bible look like? If your ideal Christian takes their faith seriously enough to choose a college or to choose a career based on it, then how seriously are you taking your faith? If they're always listening to classic hymns or contemporary Christian music, how does that compare to your playlist? And with every one of her questions and every comparison, the realization set in that I didn't have very much in common with my ideal Christian. So there was a part of me that left that Bible study that night feeling like God wanted me to spend all of my free time reading my Bible or saying my prayers or singing hymns. And as we start to think about how God wants us to spend our free time, there's probably a part of you that feels the exact same way. And although you should spend some of your free time reading your Bible, and you should spend some of your free time saying your prayers, and you might want to spend some of your free time listening to your favorite Christian music or your favorite hymns, I don't think that God wants all of your free time 
to look like you were just attending a worship service. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, John chapter 10, verse 10, when Jesus is talking about why he came to this earth, I think he makes it clear to us that he wants more for our free time. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus tells us, I came so that they could have life, indeed so that they could have, live life to the fullest. What Jesus is saying here is that he wants your life to be full of life. And your life can't be full of life if you always do the exact same thing every single day. So believe it or not, as we talk about what God wants for your free time, I'm not going to give you tips on how you can read your Bible. I'm not going to teach you about different types of prayers. And I'm not going to tell you what Christian songs are on my Spotify list. Instead, I want to give you three guidelines. Three guidelines that you can use to figure out if you are spending your free time the, the way that God wants you to or not. And to find these three guidelines, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. But before we take a look at this particular passage, I want to spend a little bit of time giving you some background information on the book of Matthew and the passage that we're going to be reading. Now, the book of Matthew is the first book that we find inside of the New Testament. And we call the first four books of the New Testament, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call them the Gospels. And we call these four books the Gospels because the word gospel means good news. And these four books, they tell us the good news of Jesus. These four books are essentially biographies of Jesus. So, inside of the book of Matthew, you can read about Jesus' parents, and you can read about Jesus' birth. You can read about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and you can read the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. You can read how Jesus taught and how Jesus ministered across a region of ancient, of ancient Israel called Galilee. And you can read how Jesus' teachings threatened the status quo, and how the religious leaders of his day started to turn against Jesus. Now, as the scripture that we'll be reading today picks up, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they had already started turning against him. But instead of happening in the rural region of Galilee where Jesus spent so much of his time, Jesus has actually gone to the political and to the religious capital of Israel in this passage. Jesus has gone to Jerusalem. Many of Jesus' followers thought that this meant that he would soon be overthrowing their existing government and that Jesus would be taking his rightful place on Israel's throne. So the religious leaders, they were doing everything that they could do to try to keep people from following Jesus. So the religious leaders, they found Jesus and he was teaching inside of the temple and surrounded by other people and they began trying to trick Jesus. They've been asking him questions about politics and about religion. But so far in this exchange, Jesus hasn't been fooled at all. And as Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 starts, the religious leaders are going to take one last shot at getting Jesus to stumble. So let's take a look at this story together and let's see what the religious leaders try to do to trip up Jesus. In Matthew 22 verse 34 we read, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had left the Sadducees speechless, they met together. One of them, a legal expert, tested him. Teacher, 
what is the greatest commandment in the law? So here we have a religious leader and an expert in the law, which is the religious law, the law of Moses. And he's trying to trick Jesus by asking Jesus what the most important commandment is. And this leader had to believe that he had Jesus trapped. No matter which one of the commandments Jesus picked, he would be de-emphasizing another part of the law. But what that religious leader didn't realize is that he wasn't asking Jesus a question that would trip Jesus up. That religious leader was actually asking Jesus a question that let Jesus reveal what really matters to God. He asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is, the greatest law that God wants us all to live by, the most important thing to our life and to our faith. And Jesus told him. So I want you to really listen to what Jesus tells this religious leader, because what Jesus tells him will help us as we try to form our three guidelines for using our free time. So let's pick up back up in verse 27. Here's what Jesus says. He replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Now, if you have spent much time around the church over the years, then you have heard this passage of scripture before. And because this passage of scripture is so familiar to us, you may have missed out on the guidelines that Jesus gives us in this passage for how God wants us to live our lives. So let's slow down a little bit here. And let's take a look at this passage section by section. So the first thing Jesus tells us in this passage is, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So whether you've ever realized it or not, Jesus has given you a guideline for your entire life, and that includes how you will spend your free time. And the first thing that Jesus wants you to think about is if what you're doing helps you love God more. When it comes to how you spend your free time, the first thing that you need to ask is, does this help me love God more? Now, obviously, there are some things that you can do with your free time that will help you love God more. You can use some of your free time and join us for worship services on Sundays, or tune into one of our devotionals on Wednesdays, or join us on Saturday mornings for our kids' time. Or you can pick up, use your free time to read a book on Christian living, or you can use some of your free time to listen to your favorite Christian music. And of course, you can spend some of your free time reading your Bible and saying your prayers. But those aren't the only things that you can do that will help you love God more. You might feel closer to God when you're outdoors enjoying God's creation. So that might mean that you spend some of your free time taking a long walk or going camping. And that's just one example of what you could do. And I'm sure that there are plenty of other things that you do that help you feel closer to God. But you do need to spend some time thinking about the things that you're doing with your free time. 
So when you're thinking about how you're going to spend your free time, start by asking, does this help me love God more? But that's just one guideline for how we can spend our free time. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 22 again, and let's see what else Jesus has to tell us there. And here's what Jesus says in verse 39. He says, and the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. So Jesus tells us that the second most important thing that we can do is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So when it comes to how we spend our free time, the second thing that we need to be thinking about is does this help me love my neighbor more? Does this help me love my neighbor more? Now, there are some things that we do in our free time that absolutely help us love our neighbors more. Just picking up the phone and sending or spending some time talking with somebody, with one of our family members or with one of our friends, it will help you love them more. Or whenever we're all vaccinated and we're able to spend time together in bigger groups once again, we can go to birthday parties or we can go to backyard barbecues and those things can help us love our neighbors more. But there are also things that you might be doing in your free time that don't help you love your neighbor more at all. For me, it's driving. I have no problem admitting to you right now that I would be a lot better Christian if I didn't have to spend more time on the road. But because traffic, it just drives me nuts. So I'm not the kind of person that should go for a long drive in my free time. Instead, I try to spend the least amount of time that I can in my car so that I can do other things with my free time that help me love my neighbor more. But I wouldn't realize that without this second guideline. So we need to ask ourselves, does this help me love my neighbor more? And that brings us to the last guideline that Jesus gives us in this passage. And it's the one that is the easiest for us to overlook. But did you notice what Jesus said at the end of verse 39? Jesus tells us that we are to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Like we love ourselves. So the third thing that we need to think about when it comes to how we spend our free time is does this help me love myself more? Does this help me love myself more? So if you think back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this is where exercise would probably fit in. Going for a run or hopping on your bike or spending an hour at the Y, it helps you take care of yourself. It helps you love yourself more. Or maybe you're the creative type. So maybe painting a picture or putting together a jigsaw puzzle or building a Lego set helps you de-stress and unwind a little bit. That makes all of those things great ways for you to spend some of your free time because they help you love yourself more. So those are the three guidelines that will help us all understand how God wants us to use our free time. God wants us to use our free time doing things that help us love God, that help us love our neighbors, and that help us love ourselves more. So, Let's think about one of the most common things that we do with our free time and see if it meets God's guidelines. So let's talk about something that a lot of you are doing with your free time right now. Right now, a lot of you are worshiping with us on social media. 
And on average, we spend about two hours a day on social media. So, is social media a good use of our free time? Well, let's use our guidelines here. Does social media help you love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself more? Well, the honest answer to that question is, it depends. Yes, there are things that you can do on social media that will help you love God and love your neighbors and love yourself more. But there is plenty that happens on social media that falls outside of these three guidelines. In the last couple of weeks alone, there have been plenty of posts on social media that have challenged people's relationships with God altogether. From rioters that were storming our Capitol building while they were waving Christian flags and wearing Christian clothing, to a minister right here in Louisville, Kentucky, praying for God to curse his enemies. We have seen things on social media that have pulled people away from God. Now, let me detour here for just a second because it's important and this needs to be said. The actions of these individuals they do not reflect who our God is. Our God is never a God of violence. Our God is never a God of hatred. Our God is a God of love. And our God is a God of peace. But with that being said, there are plenty of people who use social media to paint a different picture of God. A picture of God that we must denounce, a picture of God that we need to call out for what it is, and that's heresy. And that's just the loving God side of social media. Social media can help us love our neighbors, and it can help us love ourselves. But social media can also make us jealous of our neighbors, and social media can make us angry at our family and at our friends. So does that mean that we need to stop getting on Facebook or Instagram or on YouTube? No, but it does mean that we need to think about what we're seeing when we're on our social media channels. It means that we need to think about who we're friends with or who we follow. It means that we need to mute some posts or that we need to unsubscribe to some of our channels. But that's just social media. There are plenty of other things that you can do in your free time that you need to think about as well. From watching TV, to reading a book, to playing video games. We need to think about how we spend our free time. And we need to ask. We need to ask if we're using our free time to help us love God, to help us love our neighbors, and to help us love ourselves more. Because that's what God wants you to do. Not just with your free time, but with your entire life. God wants you to love him with everything that you've got. And God wants you to love your neighbor like you love yourself. And you know what? If you'll commit to doing those three things, loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving yourself, you won't have any problem following Jesus all year long. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the time that we've had over the last few weeks to think about how we can follow you in some of the different areas and aspects of our lives, God. And God, really what it all comes down to, if we want to follow you, if we want to make you the priority and live the best life that we can live, God, the life you want us to live, is that we need to put you first, we need to love our neighbors, 
And we need to love ourselves, God. So God, as we think about how we're going to spend each of our days throughout the rest of this new year, my prayer is that you help us to realize that the things that we're doing, the things that we're involved with, are helping us love you. If they're helping us love our neighbors, if they're helping us love ourselves more. And if they're not God, convict our hearts. Help us to realize that they're not God and that we need to walk away from those activities and find things, find things that you want us to do with our time. So help us, God. Help us to love you. Help us to love our neighbors. Help us to love ourselves. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has helped you to think about how you spend your free time and to ask those three questions. Does this activity, does it help me love God more? Does it help me love my neighbor more? Does it help me love myself more? Now, next week, we are starting into a brand new series at Melbourne Heights that we're calling Heart of Worship. You know, we have been worshiping together online as a congregation since this pandemic began. So that's been almost 11 months now. But over the course of those 11 months, we have covered a wide variety of topics, but we haven't stopped to talk about worship. So we're going to be talking about what the heart of worship is and how we can get back to the heart of worship. So we hope that you'll join us next Sunday when that episode drops at 11 o'clock. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And also remember that you are invited to come and join us any Sunday that you would like as we continue to worship online. You can join us at mhbclouisville.com slash live every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, I hope that you guys have a great week this week. I will be praying for you, and we look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.